Super duper doo, how are you? I'm sure you are amazing. Awesome, sensational, spectacular, fantastic. And if you're not, why not? And if you want to be happy, energetic, enthusiastic every single day of that life, how do we make that happen? And it seems airy-fairy and some kind of motivational rubbish. But what if there was a physiological response that could make that happen? And what if we could have an internal driver that determined that we could be happy every day. So that, and I'll use the analogy, if you had a V12 turbocharged engine, would it be possible to drive faster? If you had a high performance engine inside a car, could that mean that the car could go fast? Regardless of what the car looks like on the outside, is it possible that with a great engine, we can do great stuff? And for me, that's called your self-esteem. Now, there's a great uh, controversial argument probably every day about what's the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem. And what if you could have both? And what if, you could, what if you could feel good every day? And is there a connection between feeling physically good, being able to perform at your best, being able to uh, have the confidence to go and do all the things that you want to do, actually achieving your goals, is there a connection between your physical health, your mental health, and your self-confidence in your self-esteem? And how does that all wrap up together? And I've been, I've been studying this personally for a really long time because in the exercise profession, and I've been doing this as I share for over 40 years, it's been really interesting to watch people who have magnificent bodies. They look gorgeous. They've got ripped abdominals and tight butt cheeks and beautiful faces. And they've been to all the external beauty places. So they've got great hair, great nails. Uh, they've got perfect makeup. Everything's amazing. And they've shared with me personally that before they stand on stage to compete in a bodybuilding competition or before they stand on stage to be a professional speaker, uh, they have really low self-confidence. They're nervous, they're scared, they're scared of what other people will think of them and they don't want to do all this stuff. Even though their external appearance looks amazing, their internal driver doesn't seem to be working very well. And I always found that to be really interesting because I looked at or talked to people that looked beautiful and when they shared their personal inner thoughts with me, it was, <clears throat> I feel pretty crap about myself. The reverse of that is I've worked with a lot of people who aren't beautiful. They don't have ripped abdominals and they don't have gorgeous hair and gorgeous nails and they, they don't even have supposedly a high IQ or an intelligence level that people admire or respect and yet they're really doing some great stuff with their life. They're adding value to the world. They've got a successful business. They're really good at their sport but they don't have all the external things that we seem to admire and respect. So what's, what's the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem? Why do some people have that internal driver to be able to go forward? And some people, even though they've got all the ingredients, so they've got the engine perhaps and they've got the car and they've got the oil and the petrol and the, and the water and the, and the warranty, but the car doesn't go anywhere. And because I've been studying this for such a long time and because I talk to neuroscientists, psychologists, psychiatrists, and I'm always asking questions, and this is just an interesting side note, if you ever have the opportunity to invest time with people who are really smart or specialise in a certain area or they're really good at something, could it be a good idea to zip up this and open up these? <laughs> uh, I think we talk too much and we don't listen enough when it comes to experts. So one of the things I made a commitment to a really long time ago is, Rowie, keep your bloody mouth shut when you're around really smart people. Just ask lots of questions. Now, the next part of that, though, is if you want to ask intelligent questions, 
could it be a really good idea to understand your anatomy and physiology? Because if you don't understand that there are body systems, if you don't know that there's an endocrine system or a central nervous system or a peripheral nervous system or an immune system or a digestive system or how they work together, and obviously as an exercise professional or a coach, you'll probably know that there's a skeletal and muscular system and a cardiovascular and a, and a respiratory system. But it seems that we just study that within our how that works for exercise. But what about how does the human body work as a complete high-performance machine so that when we talk to or listen to really intelligent people, we have the ability to ask really smart questions. So what's the difference between self-esteem and self-confidence? And do we need to have both? And if we have got both, so if you feel that you really like who you are and your self-esteem is high and your self-confidence is high so you can go and do all the things that you want to do without giving a shit what other people think, uh, how do you make that happen? And the suggestion is that your self-esteem is literally that. It's your the way you feel about yourself. It's the internal drive. Your self-confidence, it's suggested, comes from the outside. And I always use this really fun example. If you have... 10 people, 100 people tell you that you're beautiful, that you're intelligent, that you're uh, good at what you do, is it possible that that could make you feel good? Wow, all these people are telling me how good I am. And I'll use now the next step of that. I'm on social media and I've got all these people that like me. (laughs) I've got thousands of people or hundreds of thousands or even millions of people. And I'll just use again another side note. I've met lots of people now who have lots of followers on social media but they have very low self-esteem. Their confidence should be high because they've got all these people that love them. But here's what happens. They have a million people that love them, but one person says, I don't like you, I think you're ugly, or I think you're fat, or I think what you said is crap. And they go into a downward spiral. They get depressed, they get stressed, they get angry. They've got millions of people that love them. One person or 10 people don't love them, and now they're upset. And I'll give you the personal example of that. I used to teach group exercise classes and I did that for 23 years and one of the reasons why this is such an important topic for me because I would have and when I taught group exercise predominantly in the 80s and early 90s there were big classes we had big classes I had some classes with two three even four hundred people in them we had some of the big uh, health clubs I worked in 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 America for example that had rooms where a thousand people could fit and we would put a thousand people in there to do group exercise so if you if you were born if you were born after the 80s and 90s have a look at how popular this exercise program was Uh, I used to teach a class and I'd have and I'll just use a small number let's say there's a hundred people in the class and 99 people said, wow, Rowie, that was awesome. Now, back then there was no social media, so they couldn't leave the class and and complain or leave the class and leave a nasty message on on a social media platform. They would either say at the end of the class, Rowie, that was fantastic, thank you so much, or they would go down to the Cheers and Challenges box in the health club and they would write, Rowie, that was an amazing class. However, I could have 99 people tell me that my class was fantastic. One person tell me that my class was terrible and they hated it. And that would make me feel bad. And I think that could be, think about this, a very interesting uh, thing to consider, is that my self-esteem? Because the reverse of that, if I've got 99 people that tell me that they hate me and only one person loves me, should it make a difference if I love me? And there's that beautiful quote, best I love me and the rest of the world hate me, then I hate me and the rest of the world love me. 
Imagine that, that experience. And that seems to be where we're heading with social media. Millions of people follow me. Millions of people like me. Millions of people subscribe to me, but I don't like me. And I don't want that for anybody because uh, part of my career path as a personal exercise coach was working particularly with women and predominantly with women who had very low self-esteem and no self-confidence. They had a very poor relationship with food, with their own body, with what was going on in their life. And that, there's a full range of things that happen there. I, I don't like myself, so I talk nasty about myself. Uh, I had women that would cut themselves, burn themselves, starve themselves, want to kill themselves because they didn't like who they were. Uh, and if somebody else didn't like them, that was a really big uh, catalyst for going downhill fast. So how do I get to the point where I love me, the rest of the world hates me, and I don't care? <laughs> and I think that's the all-important driving question. And could it be that I have to learn how to love me? And here's a series of questions that perhaps you could put into your self-confidence toolbox, yes, but most importantly, your self-esteem toolbox. Because, and I'll ask the question again, the difference between self-esteem and self-confidence. Self-confidence comes from everybody loves me, isn't that awesome? Everybody's told me how great I am, isn't that awesome? That makes me feel good. Self-esteem is I like who I am and doesn't matter what everybody else says, that everybody else can hate me, be nasty to me, criticize me, bully me, try and pull me down, and I don't care because my internal driver, my engine, I'm proud of who I am, I respect myself, I'm self-disciplined, self-motivated, self-inspired, self-educated. I love me. And I remember as a teenager that that's one of the most uh, uh, provocative things you could say at school. I love myself. And people used to say, who do you think you are? You love yourself. And interestingly, according to the psychologists and psychiatrists, that is exactly the position we need to be in. We need to be in a position where we love ourselves. It's the mo we are the most important love relationship we'll ever have in our life. How can, you, how can somebody else even love you if you don't love yourself? Why would somebody love you if you don't love yourself? But what if I put in a different, uh, different perspective or a different uh, terminology? Uh, what if you respect yourself? So... Everything you do, you're proud of it. You get to the end of your day, literally, you look in the mirror and you say, today I lived to my required standard. And I always ask that question, so here's the toolbox. What are my core values? What do I stand for? What would I die for? What's important to me? And even if somebody comes along and disagrees with me, I'm not going to change my mind because this is who I am. So I'm not going to follow fashion, for example, because that doesn't suit me. I'm not going to use a normal, uh, fashionable, in-trend vocabulary because they're not my words. I'm not going to live my life the way other people live their lives because that's not who I am. I'm going to live my life as the person that I want to be and the person that I am. So that very interesting part of that first exercise is, and I always say pick five words, who are you? Five words to describe you as a person, and I've got my hand up for a reason, because I, I did this exercise when I was 18 years of age, and I connected those words to my fingers, because often people write the, the words down, who they want to be, they put in their diary or in a set of notes somewhere, and it goes in a cupboard and they forget about it. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I always take my hands with me. So I connected tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined and professional to my hands. <laughs> so I can look at my hand and say, 
Am I tough and fair? Am I positive? Am I stylish, disciplined and professional? Do I dress that way? Do I look that way? Do I present that way? Do I act that way? Do I think that way? Do I hang out with people that would be respectful of who I am? And it becomes a really simple expression of self-esteem because that's who you are. You would never negotiate that for anybody or any reason. You've made a decision to be that person and now you actually don't have to make decisions anymore. And I always share that. It, it makes you a little bit lazy on the decision-making process because you don't have to make decisions anymore. You just ask yourself, would a tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined and professional person do this? And if not, don't do it because otherwise you end up feeling bad about yourself. And is it possible that feeling bad about yourself, low self-esteem, I don't like me very much, comes from when you let yourself down, not when you let other people down. Because you can't please all of the people all of the time. Would that be fair? And the psychiatrist suggests that if you try and do that, that's a definition of one of the definitions of insanity, and you will go insane. You can't please all of the people all of the time. The only person that's ever there all of the time, wherever you go, whatever you do, is you. You're always there. So if you decide to be, and you're going to pick your words, of course, but if I decide to be tough and fair, positive, stylish, disability, and professional, and I live my life as that person, and I get to the end of my day, my week, my month, my year, my decade, and I look and I, okay, yes, every part of my life, I lived my life as a tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined, and professional person. Is it possible that that's exactly how I will feel and I will feel good about myself? If I let myself down in any of those areas or I negotiate any of those standards to suit other people, for people to like me, is it possible that then I won't feel good about me? The rest of the world might like me because I changed to suit them, but they won't because that's where respect comes back in, isn't it? People might not like you for what you stand for, but if you stand for it and you don't negotiate it, is it possible that people will respect you? And I always uh, ask myself this question, Rowie, do you want people to like you or do you want them to respect you? And I really want to be respected, not for... for what I do, but for who I am. She doesn't negotiate her non-negotiable standards. So that's the big part of the toolbox. Decide who you are and be that person every day. Now the next question is this. If you promise yourself you're going to do something and you don't do it, how does it make you feel? What happens to the, your, the way you and your internal driver? If you leave a car parked in the garage and you don't move it, all the mechanics in the world will tell you that that car, the engine in that car will rot away. So a lot of prestige car companies, even in New Zealand, who share with us that the number one thing they do with beautiful cars in New Zealand is go to the house of the people that own them and have to recharge the battery because the car's been sitting for so long that the battery's gone flat. Is it possible that if you promise yourself you're going to do something and you don't do it, you don't drive, <laughs> that your battery goes flat and then your engine wears away and then your self-esteem erodes and it becomes a horrible downward spiral. What, how do you feel the reverse of that if every time you promise yourself you're going to do something, you do it. I'm going to exercise in the morning and you get up and you go. I'm going to study today and you do. I'm going to clean my house today and you do. I'm going to invest time with my kids today and you do. I'm going to do something to grow my business today and you do. When you get to the end of the day, you did a do, 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 do. How do you feel? versus I promised myself I didn't, 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 didn't. I'm sure at the end of the day you feel pretty crappy. And I'm asking that, uh, that was a statement, so I'll rephrase it. How will you feel? <laughs> and all I can share is I've been in both places. 
I've been in the place where I wanted the whole world to like me and I tried to please everybody and almost went insane. I'm now in the place where, and we joke a lot at this house about this, I don't go to bed until it's done. <laughs> I can't go to bed until it's done. If I've promised myself I'm going to do this, I keep going until it's done. And physically, I can, get, I can catch up on sleep, I can catch up on meals, I can catch up on even having a shower. But what I can't catch up on is the eroding of my self-esteem if I don't do what I promised myself I would do. Now, I'll give you an interesting side note on that. Would it be disrespectful to yourself to overload your to-do list? So if you've got 24 hours in your day and you say to yourself, well, I'm going to do 48 hours worth of stuff, isn't that disrespectful to yourself? Wouldn't you look at your day and say, okay, this is the number one priority and I'm not going to do anything else until I get this done. And there's that interesting quote, you can't ride two horses with one ass. You can ride one horse at a time. So you might have five horses to ride today, but I'm going to ride this one and finish the job. I'm going to, then I'm going to ride this one and get it done. And then I'm going to get onto this one and make sure it's finished. But I'm not going to try and ride them all at the same time because what a waste of time. <laughs> can't ride two horses, let alone three or four or five, at the same time. So what if you look at your day and say, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, these are my core values. Today I'm going to be, and you're going to have your own words, but for me it's today I'm going to be tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined, professional in every area. I've got this set list of missions that I need to accomplish today and I'm not going to go to bed until, I, until, I'm, until they're done. The other interesting thing is, is it possible that things happen in life, accidents, unexpected situations, people drop in. How do you manage that? If it's important to you, then perhaps you need to do it and you have to put that into your plan for the day. I'm going to have a plan that this could happen. Somebody could drop in, five hours of my time could get stolen by somebody else. Be aware that that can happen so that at the end of the day you don't go, oh God, and then get stressed about it because somebody stole your time. Uh, one of the really cool things about handling stress is what is the worst case scenario Accept that the worst case scenario could happen and then plan for it so that when it does happen, you are aware of it, you're expecting it, you've planned for it and there's no stress. And could all of those things have a beautiful effect on how you feel about yourself? Because you're not allowing the external world to control your life, you're controlling your life from the inside which is your self-esteem, your driver. Uh, is it important? Uh, the reason I'm asking the question is as I share every day, don't you talk to, deal with, listen to people every day who share with you that they are depressed, angry, anxious, hate their life, they're miserable, they don't like what's going on in the world and there's a whole heap of negativity. But is it possible that if you've got a great internal driver, if you've got great self-esteem, that you can handle all the external challenges because you like who you are? I like myself, I respect myself, I'm self-disciplined, self-motivated, self-inspired, self-educated so that whatever comes along I can handle it. And because I'm handling it and I'm getting tougher and stronger because of it, then my future is going to be even better. Isn't that something that we need to live the example for our kids? Uh, and that's why I always ask these confrontational, controversial questions. We can all do what we bloody well want. We can choose not to be disciplined. We can, be, we can choose to have low self-confidence and self-esteem. We can do all the things that will make us feel crappy. 
But don't we need to be a living example for our kids? Not talk the example. Don't we need to live the example for our future adults? That if they want to have a high self-esteem and self-confidence, that their self-esteem will come from the inside, which will then drive them forward. And whether people like them or not, they'll still do it. So they'll still have the self-confidence to go and play their sports, sing on stage, be a dancer, have a successful business, because their self-esteem is so strong and they don't care what other people think. Could self-confidence be totally affected by what other people think, but if you've got strong self-esteem, you actually don't care? I would like this for everybody. How can you live your life to the max if you've got low self-esteem? So thank you for coming to Romax. Please come and visit me here every day. Romax is all about the four big parts of life. Be healthy, fit and strong. Have a career that you love. Be financially free and have beautiful relationships with all the people in your life, especially yourself. Wouldn't it be great to sing every single day? I feel good, na 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 na. I knew that I would now, na 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 na. So good, yeah, yeah, so good, woohoo!